this week. You can eat Colossians 3.17. We'd love to hear what you're hearing from the Lord or if you have certain thoughts. Uh, Colossians 3.17. You can send it to staff at gracechurch.community. You know, I was going to start in Colossians 3, but let's go to 1 John chapter 4, uh, 16 through 21, because we've been dancing all around it with the word on love. And I I wanted to come down here because I've just been staying down here the whole time anyway. I just feel like we're family and I just want to be here among you. So, uh, Father, thank you for the word and thank you for what you've already laid. The ball is on the tee, Lord. Now just hit it out of the park. Let it let it just rest. Let the word by the Spirit rest in our hearts and bear much fruit like Christy was saying. Lord, 30, 60, and 100 fold the fruit of our union with you. We pray that when people see us, they actually see you. When they hear us, that they actually hear you. And we thank you for ridding us of fear once and for all. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. So we've been talking about embracing kingdom living. You know, Jesus didn't come announcing that God had a kingdom. He said it was accessible. The kingdom of heaven is within your reach. It's uh, accessible. First John 4, verse 16, We have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides, that means lives, remains, and stays in, love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us, in us, that we may have, uh, in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Wow. As he is, so are we in this world. Well, how was he unafraid? He wasn't afraid. Why? Because Matthew 3, Luke 3, both record that when he came up, Jesus came up out of the water baptism. God the Father said, you're my beloved son and you I'm well pleased. And so Jesus lived that his entire life, I believe his entire ministry, from the presence of his Father's love. And that's why he was not afraid to give his own life. He wasn't trying to save his life. Whoever tries to save his life will lose it. I'm going to say again, as we said during worship, when you're full of the love of God, you will really allow your life to be given. You're not trying to save anything, much less yourself. And we look at Jesus, we see broken bread and poured out wine for humanity. And what happens is when we're full of the love of God and we're abiding in God's love, uh, he, it casts out all fear. And so now we're broken bread and poured out wine for others. No fortresses to defend. Amen. No ego to edge God out. So as he is, so are we in this world. And how was he? He was unafraid. Now that doesn't mean Jesus wasn't tempted to be afraid. You bet. Just like you and I are tempted to be afraid. But we're going to let the Father's love cast out fear. And I like that word from Matthew, the prophetic statement that today is that day. Today is that day. God's not given, fear is a spirit. God has not given you a spirit of fear. The spirit you have is power, dunamis, and the Holy Spirit, love, agape, and soundness of mind. Verse 18, he capsulizes it and he says, guys, there's no fear in love. Oh. Help us, Father. Help us, help us, help us manifest this word within us. There is no fear in love. Our culture is rife with fear. 
You, you, and I get it. You, you can't trust anybody is the main vibe. And uh, there's reason for that. You know, in the natural, I, I get it. But we are not like the world. The culture of our Father's kingdom does not have fear in it. Do you know God has... He doesn't have fear. God is love. Therefore, He doesn't radiate fear. He is unafraid. He's not afraid of failure. He's not afraid of rejection. He's not afraid of getting hurt. That's how He can walk up to Golgotha and die for the world. He didn't just die for people that would love Him or accept Him. He unilaterally unilaterally gave Himself and loved. So there's no fear in love. Perfect love. Mature love. Love that is of God because it's not of man. Love is of God. That love casts out fear because fear is tormenting. That's why our culture is tormented because it's rife with fear and doubt and unbelief and all those things. But perfect love casts out fear. Fear involves torment. Fear is tormenting. Ask anybody who struggles with fear and worry and anxiety in our culture. And there's a lot there. And if that's you today, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. There's no condemnation. We're growing in this. We're, we're growing in such a way as a church that we're, we're learning to love each other. We want to be a spiritual family towards one another, much less the world. You know, we have walls towards each other. I'm not even talking about the world. And this should be a safe place. But I'm telling you, the enemy sows fear into our hearts and minds and that keeps us from from living the reality of our oneness. We're already one in Christ, but those secret fears and whispers keep us estranged from each other. Image with me. If I were just to say, or Tommy got up here and said, or Brother Don said, how many of you struggle with anger You know, in your in your personal life? There shouldn't be any fear for someone to say, that's me. I struggle with anger. Or maybe he says, how many struggle with lust? And I get it. This is a larger setting. How much more in your group settings? Discovery groups, M28, all those. When you guys get together, Gladys's group. And I know there's koinonia there. I know they're honest with each other. We need to have an atmosphere of vulnerability with each other. And we can. How, how can we? Because we're not afraid. Don't be afraid that somebody's going to find out you need Jesus like the rest of us. I mean, you didn't even become a sinner because you committed one. You were born into sin. And maybe, maybe my bouts are with, are with lust, but Don's bout is with fear. That doesn't make him any better or worse than me. Tommy's might be anger. Right? Ben's might be materialism. I mean, whatever it would be doesn't make anybody greater or lesser than. We all need Jesus. And church ought to be a place that we can, we can get help. Because fear will cause you to hide. Look at Adam and Eve. See, all that was passed down to you. We cannot fault each other for those fearful thoughts and wanting to run away and hide. That was past. We came by sin, honestly. You were born into it. But hey, we can get born out of it. (laughs) We get born again, Jesus said. And in your new creation, man, you are not afraid. Your spirit, man, doesn't know fear. 
So abide in Christ, who's in your spirit, man. Abide in the love of God. Verse 19, look at this. We love Him because He first loved us. We love Him because He first loved us. I like that because the word love is agapeo, so it's action. It doesn't say, we do nothing because He first loved us. What do we do? What do we do? We love. We love. That's what we do. We are those people. If someone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he's a liar. Man, thank God John said that. I didn't, I didn't say it. John said it. If you say you love God and you have hate in your heart for a brother, and I assume he's talking about here, brother in Christ, he's a liar. For he who does not love his own brother whom he has seen, how could he possibly love God whom he's not seen? This command we have from him that he who loves God must love his brother as well. How about that? So when somebody is complete and perfect and full and mature in love, just like God our Father is, then that person doesn't live based on what everybody outside of them is doing. But we can love unilaterally, even if the love is not returned. How about that? Why? Because God's the same way. Jesus taught us that in Matthew 5. We'll look at that. Hopefully we'll have time. But what I'm saying is God doesn't need people to act a certain way so He can love them. So when we're full of the Father and we're full of His love, we too are unafraid. And we don't have to have people perform for us to love them. Hopefully you experience this in some measure with your children. You still love them even though they do crazy stuff. All right, let's go to Colossians 3 now. This is where I was going to start today. You know the Lord orchestrates all this. We don't talk about it. I didn't talk to Matthew uh, before church. I didn't talk to Dottie. I didn't talk to Christy. All these words uh, tying together is the Lord. Matthew's word about it stops today. What stops today? Fear. And then, you know, Dottie had that word on fear. And then Anita had the word backstage about love. He's awesome. He's awesome. Colossians 3.12. Look at this, guys. And, And this is a kingdom blueprint. If you want just to take a chapter of the Bible and say, man, if I could walk in this, if this is my reality and I embrace it, then I've, I've embraced the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It's Colossians 3, 1 through 17. It is a kingdom blueprint roadmap to, to what I would call kingdom living and Lordship by the Holy Spirit. So we looked at Colossians 3, 1 through 4 last week. Remember your life, you died. How many of you did good practicing being dead all week? <laughs> Unoffendable, right? Not quick to anger. Your life is hidden in the Spirit with Christ. Remember he said that where I am, you may be also? There you are. You're born of the Spirit. Colossians 3.12, Therefore, as the elect of God, he didn't say so you will be. He said as the elect of God because that's who you are. Holy and beloved. You're already holy and you're already beloved. That should make you unafraid. You don't have to fear now being unholy because you're already holy in Christ. Put on tender mercy. Put on kindness. Put on humility. Put on meekness. That's Josh's word right there. Tenderness is strength. 
and be patient. Who's he talking about? Do all this bearing with one another. He's talking about towards one another. Be this way towards one another. People who are not afraid, act like this. (laughs) They're merciful. Why? Because there's no fortress or ego to defend. They're kind. They're humble people. They bear with each other. Look at this. They forgive because they don't need to keep score because the Lord is their shepherd. They have all they need. They weren't looking to that person anyway to be happy. They weren't looking to that person anyway to feel good about themselves. So they can forgive. They can forgive a a debt even because their father owns cattle on a thousand hills. They're not hoarding possessions. Remember when the early church brought everything? They just brought it all. The early church in Acts. And it says literally, quote, nothing belonged to any of them individually. They just had all things in common. Why? They weren't afraid. So we're going to forgive easily if somebody has a complaint. Man, even as Christ forgave you, that's your source. Who's your source for forgiveness? Christ. Just take the forgiveness He's given you and share it. You know when somebody does wrong to you, God's giving you an opportunity for you to testify of what He's given you. Forgiveness. When somebody irks you, treats you badly, God's giving, He's blessing you. (laughs) Is anybody here? He's giving you an opportunity to testify and bear witness of what He's given you. So when they're groveling down there, expecting a kick in the teeth or whatever, pick them up and say, listen, this is just an opportunity for me to share with you what God has shared with me. It's called forgiveness. Verse 14, but above all these things, put on agape, which is the bond of perfection. Let me pause right there. The word agape here for you Bible scholars. (laughs) You ready? Benevolence. Are you ready? Goodwill. What is love? God says He is love. He is goodwill. He is benevolence. He's kindness, Strong says. Goodwill towards others. Christmas is coming. He sent a baby in a manger. He sent himself, actually, in a nurse suit, in a manger. And the, the angel said, peace on earth and what? Goodwill. Love had come. The old Amy Grant, Amy Grant song, Love Has Come. Because love is goodwill. Now listen to this. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power and He went about doing good to all who were oppressed and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. What's great about Jesus is He not only was going around doing good things and being good to people in His heart, He had goodwill towards the woman caught in adultery. He wanted to help people. He wanted, he willed good things for humanity. So when blind Bartimaeus cries out, 
uh, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus is not just about to do something good. He has good will towards Bartimaeus. He wills good for this man. I, I think if we can get in touch with the sincerity and authenticity of real love that comes from God, I, I bet we'd see an increase in healing. I mean, I, I don't know that for sure. I just, I sense that. You remember, remember he would be moved in his bowels, Scripture said, in his, compa- in his uh, innermost guts with compassion. Because love, agape, is good will. We literally will goodness for people. And that was Jesus' evangelistic method. Get up in the morning, <laughs> go around and will to do good for people from out of his own heart. He just desired to do good for humanity. My goodness. We make it complicated. It's really not that complicated. God is full of goodwill. The Father is generous and He's kind and He heals people. And why does He do all that? He is not afraid. He doesn't have fear. And this Colossians 3, all this is how people live who aren't afraid. Look at 15. Verse 15. Let. Everybody say let. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are also called in one body and be thankful. Here it is again. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Okay, the word of Christ does dwell in you, but he's saying, let it dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. In other words, participate with what you have. Wisdom, teach admonish one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Look at this. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Singing. Making melody. 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 I love that. We are singing people. Well, Brother Steve, I don't sing very good. So I don't sing around people. Pride. Pride. What what are you protecting Singing's not about you. You're simply doing what the Bible says to do. (laughs) Am I preaching good right now? (laughs) Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing with grace in your hearts. Sing unto the Lord. You're not singing for your relatives anyway. Sing unto the Lord. He put a new song in my mouth. And a hymn of praise unto our God. Amen. And if they say, would you please stop singing? You're terrible. Say, I am not singing to you or for you. (laughs) Yeah, move to the other room. Go watch football. There's football on. Go to the other room. No, be polite. Serve. Be good. Be genuine. Say, I'm so sorry. I just... I've got so much love in my heart for our family. And God is so good. He's benevolent and kind. I just will so much good for everybody here. I just sing. Only pride would keep you from singing. And I I quoted that scripture to you about uh, he put a new song in, in my mouth because all of you have been given a song to sing. Don't let the world steal your song. We wrote it on the door. So when you go out today, slap the sign like we're a football team. Slap the sign on your way out the door. Because on the way in, it says, never let the world steal your song. Why? Because God gave it to you. Everybody has your own song to sing. Only you can sing it. 
And then we slap it on the way out because it says, take your song to the world. Take your song to Thanksgiving this year. What do you say? What do we got to lose? We have no ego. We have no pride. We're not afraid. That's so much of it though. It is like, well, I'm afraid they won't like my singing. Well, they probably won't. I mean, I've heard some of you. <laughs> Verse 17. And this is the coup de gras of lordship right here. This is where we're all headed. Whatever you do in word or deed, that's everything, right? He, he covered it all. Eat Thanksgiving, driving to work, getting ready to go to bed, or taking a shower. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Name there means on His behalf and in His stead. In His person. His personhood. Everything you do, you're doing in the person of Jesus. Okay? So, when you're singing... You're singing on His behalf. When you're loving, you're loving on His behalf. So what does that mean? If it's not return, if love isn't return, it doesn't matter. You're loving them on on His behalf, not on behalf of your ego. I'm not loving you for a return for Steve. That's manipulation, guys. That's the flesh. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all on Christ's behalf, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is what people who are not afraid live like. And this is where we're headed. Why is God so generous? Why so great a salvation, right? To save us to the uttermost. He doesn't fear lack. Why did he give us so much in Christ? He doesn't fear lack. He doesn't fear rejection. He doesn't fear defeat. So, What will we do? Well, love is desiring and willing and doing good for others, even if it costs us something, even at cost to one's own self. I'm going to love. Why? Because I don't have an ego to protect. I don't have possessions to hoard. This is not all mine. My life is dead. And my life, Colossians 3, 3, is hidden in the spirit with Christ in God. He's my supply. Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So I can desire goodwill for others. I I literally, from my heart, want good for you and for them. Well, they don't treat me right. Well, all the more, they probably need Jesus. All the more desire, start desiring goodness for them. And if you really get radical, show them some goodness. Demonstrate goodness. It's another time for a testimony. Not just in forgiving, but when you're kind and you're good to others, you're benevolent, which is what agape means. Put on agape. When you're benevolent, you get to show people what God does for you. That even when you're not perfect and you screw up, uh, you know, throughout the day, you make a mistake, He loves you anyway. He's still good to you, isn't He? Because He doesn't need something from you to be Himself. And you shouldn't need anything from anybody else to be who you really are. Amen. So this is what we're growing in. This is what we're maturing in. Let's look at 1 John 3, verse 14. We know that we've passed from death to life because we study the Bible. Nope, didn't say that. Because we go to church. Wrong! Because we sing the hymnals. Wrong. We know that we've passed from death to life because we do something. (laughs) We love the brethren. That's what we do. Does that make sense to you? Because I'm telling you, in the West, it's like, man, I know I'm saved because I go to church. 
I know I'm saved. I took communion once. I know I'm saved. I read the Bible every day. That is not what he said. You know you've passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his own brother in Christ abides in death. And all he means there, death is separation. You are not abiding in God if you can't love your brother. You have, you have separated yourself in your own mind from the Spirit of the Lord. You're not deriving from Him is what he's saying. Verse 15, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. I didn't say it. John said it. No murderer has eternal life abiding in him. What is, what is eternal life? It's knowing. It's gnosko. It's the same word up there. We know and believe. We, we gnosko God. We know Him. That's eternal life. So no murderer has the knowledge of God abiding in him. You can't say you know God and hate your brother. This is impossible according to John. By this we know love. Gnosko. Personal, first-hand, experiential knowledge of love. We have personal, first-hand, experiential knowledge of the love of God. We know love. We've experienced His love. Because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for each other. What keeps us from laying our lives down? Fear. Self-protection. I got a castle to protect, guys. Somebody might hurt me. Thank God Jesus wasn't eaten up with fear of rejection. And somebody hurting him. Because they were hurting him all the time. They ripped his beard off of his face at the end. They treated him horribly. How did he keep going? He wasn't afraid. Oh, amen. Whoever has this world's good sees his brother in need, shuts up his heart from him. That's where it's at. How does the love of God even abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or deed. Look at this. Or sorry, word or tongue. But let us love in deed and in truth, in reality. Let it be real. Let your love be genuine. Romans 12, 9. Let it be without hypocrisy. Don't let your love be fake. Let it be really from the heart. Love in deed and in truth. Don't just say you love somebody. Really love them. It doesn't even say we know that we've passed from death to life because we tell each other we love each other. (laughs) Did you get it? It doesn't say, we know we've passed from death to life because at my church, we tell each other we love each other. Yeah, but do you show it? Because that's what he said. We know we're saved because we love each other so well. We love. That's how we know. We love. That's how we know. Verse 19, and by this we know that we're of the truth, the real reality. We've embraced the kingdom as our reality. We know the truth and assure our hearts before him. How about that? How do we walk in love? We do it because we're full of love and we're not afraid. Perfect love has removed our fear. We are loved. We are accepted. Yes, we're in progress. We've not arrived. But we are full of love and we are not afraid. And according to this passage, there's evidence. God's real offspring, people who are really born of God, actually have evidence. And it's not just that they read the Bible. It's that they love Love is seen in and through our lives. Amen, somebody? See, God defeats fear just like He defeated sin and death at the, at the tomb. 
Jesus is in that tomb. He's got all of the sin, all of our sin, past, present, and future, everybody's sin upon himself. That's how he dies. Okay, so now he's experiencing separation but and experiencing death because the wages of sin is death. How did God overcome sin and death? He overcame it and flooded it with his life. Resurrection came out of that tomb. How did he beat sin and death? His life. Where's his life now? In you. How does he defeat fear? He overwhelms it with love. I'm not asking you to go out of here and fight fear. Okay, Donna, I'm fighting fear all week today. Here we go. I'm going to beat down fear. Fear's already beat. (laughs) You don't have to do anything except be overcome with love that casts out fear. You want to be like love? You want to walk in love? Sit with Him. Spend time with Him. Invite Him. He is love that casts out fear. This is not a training exercise. You run out and try to beat fear. Fear's already beat. And it's overcome by love. So your role is to rest in His love. Feed on His love. That's what casts out fear. Does that make sense? So, okay, I just had an image. Some of you outside the door of your Thanksgiving uh, holiday. <laughs> All the relatives are in. You're like, I will not fear. I will not fear. Here we go. I can do it. I'm not going to fear. No, don't do that. Sit in your car and say, Father, fill me with your love. Let me be a body that's wholly filled with God himself, who himself is love. Would you overwhelm all fear right now by the love of God? We have to move from God loves me. Amen. Good preaching, Steve, to God is loving me right now. And I walk and that's my reality. And I walk in it and I go into the house and I just share who he is. Let him come on out. I don't mean beat people up with word. I just mean be love. You can go into Thanksgiving hoping somebody will give you love or you can go be love. Studying how much he loves us is important. That's where we begin. I encourage you, if this is new to you, man, take these scriptures and start feeding on them. Eat these scriptures, man. Sit with Jesus. Teach me to love. Okay, so studying and understanding God's love is where we start. But where do we end? Walking in, living in, from, by, and through God's love. It manifests in us. The word becomes flesh in us. What word? The word of love becomes flesh in us. We move from theory to practicing I don't want us to be, this is the church in the West. We're the, we're the soccer team that went into the classroom and we studied playing soccer for about 17 years and we never once went out to practice it or play in a game. <laughs> that, that is not us. That is not Grace Church. We want you to play the game. We want you to manifest God participate with his love and his spirit i said it earlier metaphysically god's everywhere but manifestly he's not everywhere but he desires it he wills it he wills that his love and his person is seen in and through you and me but we're going to have to get out and practice we're going to have to play the game we can't just study soccer our whole lives boy class was great today we we amen about soccer all day long have you played yet nope Never kicked a ball in my life. (laughs) 
We're not here to train you to listen to messages. I appreciate that you're stirred this morning because I'm stirred too. And here's what's crazy. I'm not telling you anything you didn't know before you walked in here. And you say, well, how can that be? Because of the Holy Spirit in your spirit, man, you have the mind of Christ and you know all things. That's what scripture says. These things, when you hear them, you know they're true. The Holy Spirit bears witness to truth. Now, activation is where he's headed. Amen is great. Activation is where he's headed so that the love of God can be manifest. Because creation is groaning for the revealing of the sons of God. They need to see God. And when we love each other, 1 John 4, 12, God is seen. It says no one has seen God at any time, but when we love each other, God is visible. He's manifest. People can see God who is spirit. They can see him through the earth suits. They can see how we treat each other, how we speak to each other. And then not only that, as we mature and we grow, the world gets to see the love of God through us that we have for them. Because we don't just love people that love us. Amen. Let's go to 1 John 4.12. I need to, I need to hurry, man. I gotta get some places. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, okay? Love is not of you. Don't conjure love. Love is of God. It's supernatural. Just like forgiveness is. You cannot fake forgiveness. Can I get a witness? We've all seen that and probably tried that. It's from God. It's supernatural. Love is of God. Everyone who loves is born of God. So we were born into fear, but now we're born into love. We're not afraid. And knows God. That word is gnosko. Personal, first-hand experience. We know God. He who doesn't love doesn't know God. For God is love. And we're not talking about Obama's definition of love or the culture's definition of or certainly man's definition of love. We're talking about real love, which is genuine goodwill towards another. We will them good. That's why you can't encourage people that are bound in sin. That's not goodwill. If you want to encourage somebody who's bound by sin with the love of God, you encourage them to get out of sin. And you relate to them and let them know this is what sin did to me. Does that make sense to you? God is love. Okay, so we have to let God define love, not the world. In this, the love of God was manifested to us that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. We live through Him, through His Spirit. In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. That word is satisfaction. God's wrath against sin was satisfied in Christ. This is mind-blowing. He thinks Jesus was actually enough. To eradicate your sin and your separation issue. Why don't we? You Be sober with that thought. You've got to come to terms with the fact the only one that could have ended your sin and separation issue did. Christ ended your sin and separation issue from God. Propitiation means God is satisfied. He thinks Christ is enough. So the response to that is, love God, be with God, hang out with God, your separation is over. Well, I messed up. Well, so so do I. But what if what if sin is not so much something you commit as a place of death and separation you were in? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the singular. 
the sin, the separation that we have from God. So run to Him. Be with Him. I know you're not good enough. We, we all know that. I'm not good enough in and of myself. Bless you. But I am not, and you are not, without Him. Verse 12, no one's seen God at any time, but when we love each other, God abides in us and His love is now made perfect in us. And perfect love does what? It casts out fear. Amen. That's so good. We're learning at Grace Church what it is to be a community and a family on mission together. Wow, bless you. We bind hay fever in the name of Jesus. Annie Lahan and I were talking this week about this very thing. We're becoming a family. We're becoming a community on mission together. I don't know if you can tell. Worship is so different the last few months. It's like walls and pretenses and preconceived ideas of what church is. It's all coming down. We're becoming a missional community. And what we saw in the Spirit, it took both of us to put it together. But listen to this. Instead of everyone bringing their individual sails, trying to catch God's wind, what we're seeing is we're all tightly nestled under one giant sail, rowing and flowing in Christ together. That's Grace Church. Nestled tightly together under one sail, whose name is Jesus Christ, who's given us a mission to advance His kingdom one heart at a time. What good news. He called it good news that a relationship with God was accessible. I'm going to leave you with this. Luke chapter 6. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Here's what I was saying right here. If you want to take a picture of it. Instead of everybody bringing their individual sails, trying to catch God's wind, we're all tightly nestled under one giant sail, rowing and flowing in Christ together. This is us. And how come we can do it? How can we be, how, how come we can be so close to each other? We're not afraid anymore we're not afraid anymore and all i would say to you you say well brother steve i struggle with anger i just get so ashamed i would tell you there's no condemnation for those who are in christ let us help you overcome anger let somebody help you fair enough we all have different issues i talked about that all right last one in Luke 6:27 Jesus said, "I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who use you, and not only use you on accident, but spitefully do it. To him who strikes you and insults you on the one cheek, turn and offer the other also." From him who takes away your cloak, well, hey, give him your shirt too. Give to everyone who asks of you. You guys seeing this? <laughs> give to everyone who asks of you. From him who takes away your goods, man, don't even ask for him back. How? How is this possible? You're not afraid. <laughs> you are not afraid. My father provides for me. If you need it that bad, brother, take it. I'm not here hoarding possessions. They're not mine. Thank you. That's in my notes. 
What Roger said was, when we're in the love of God, we have nothing to gain, nothing to earn, nothing to prove, and nothing to protect. That's a great statement. Nothing to gain, nothing to prove, nothing to earn, and nothing to protect. So that's why, church, we can give to everybody who asks us. From whoever wants to take our stuff, we won't ask for it back. Just as you want men to do to you, well, do unto them. That's the golden rule. But if you only love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners would do it. And this is Jesus, the master teacher, talking right here. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners are good to other people who are good to them. And if you only lend to those from whom you hope to receive it back, what credit is that to you? Even sinners will lend to sinners to get as much back. This is how people live who are not afraid. And how is it that they're not afraid? Perfect love. They have all they need for life and godliness and identity and validation and credit and resource and provision from God. They're not looking to natural things for all that. But do you see how we've been taught to hoard? We've got to protect. This is my stuff. You don't, you don't have anything. You gave it all away when you got born again. <laughs> your life, your life's not even yours. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Verse 35. Scott, you guys can come. Come on down. But love your enemies and do good. There's that word. What is agape? Goodwill. We will good things for other people. Love your enemies. Do good. Lend to them. Give stuff. And hope for nothing back. Look at that. Hope that it doesn't come back. (laughs) And your reward and provision will be great. You'll be sons of the Most High God. Because He's kind to the unthankful and evil. That goes back to what I said earlier. God doesn't need you to act a certain way. He's not trying to get something from you. So He can be good to you. He is good he is agape he does not know fear and neither do his christ-filled communities we don't know fear he's kind of unthankful and evil men this is i encourage you matthew 5 38 through 48 it's a little more detailed than these but be merciful as your father is is merciful it's okay you can show mercy to people it's okay i got your back lord says i got you How many of you can see the hand of the Lord all morning this morning on this topic right here? I absolutely can. Stand with me. Don't go fight fear. Fear is already defeated. If you look at fear close enough, because it is a spirit, you'll see the footprint of Jesus' sandal on its neck. That's what you'll see. If you want to beat fear, let your heart be overcome with love. And why do I say that? Because fear can't conquer a heart that's already conquered. Fear can't conquer a mind that's already filled with the love of God. Amen? Amen. Open your hearts with me. Open your hands. Father, oh, we we come to you this morning. And your word... Your word has been activated in our hearts. And now, Lord, we want to walk in the reality 
that we are those beloved of God. We are accepted in His beloved. That we're fully known. He knows everything about us and yet we're fully loved. Father, we are those people. And that we know we pass from death to life, not just because we study the Bible, not just because we sing a song, not just because we go to church, but we know that we pass from death to life because we love. I pray prophetically in the name of Jesus Christ in this house that all those grace churchers who are watching online and those who are in this room, we stand and bind the spirit of fear. We cast you out. You'll never be, you'll never even be named here again in the name of Jesus. And that perfect love has come to this house. Let love, this is the Lord, let love rule the house. Let love rule the house. And what he's saying to my spirit is not just Grace Church, you know, the house of Grace Church, but even your individual house. Let love rule your house. Oh, my goodness. And Father, we we declare that as a church family. Lord, we're learning to love each other. We've not perfected it yet, but boy, we, we are learning to love one another. And nobody, nobody, nobody can keep us from growing in learning the love of God. Nobody. It is up to us. It is our choice to abide in love. Guys, if you just, as your hands are open, what I see in the Spirit... It's just a soft, gentle cloud of the Father's love resting over your head and your shoulders. Just encourage you as we sing this last song, as we go into worship, would you commune with Him? Would you receive? He's here. I see Him like just a soft, light cloud resting on your head and shoulders. Just receive of Him. Receive His love. Throughout this whole message, I just heard source. The word source. We don't do it on our own. I can't do it on my own. I have to be sourced in Him. And there's so much truth in what was said earlier. It's not about singing well, it's about singing loud. There's so many scriptures that say, shout to the Lord. It doesn't say sing in perfection. Right? Man. So when we let out a shout of praise today, sorry, when we let out a shout of praise as we're entering this exit into this week, give it all to Him. Just receive this with me. Jesus, we give it all to you. We shout your name. We shout your praise. Your name is greater than any other name. Mm.